Welcome to the Raw Raw Beauty Podcast. I am your Raw Raw and your host, Tweedip. And today I have with me my beautiful friend, Shauna Childs, who is a former NBA dancer. She is a the founder of Confidence Fitness. She now is a crystal healing spe- uh, specialist, sensual movement coach, and as well as the new owner for Cosmic Floria. Sulfora. So you have lived many lives, it seems. <laughs> I was just talking about this yesterday. I was like, I feel like I've lived so many lives in one lifetime. But I was talking to a client about her journey and like how I think your soul is always evolving. And so everything you do is like intrinsically a part of your purpose. But as your soul evolves, that purpose just changes. Ain't that the truth is all I could say. You know, I, you know, I'm. It's the, here's what's funny. I need to tell everyone how you and I actually met. And I would say, in conjunction to the soul development, I feel. You know, what is that? Uh, what is that saying? Whenever the student is ready, the teacher appears. Yeah. You know, I feel like when you and I met, which was, I say, was it four or five years ago? Um, I think it was like 2017. 10 million good well, how many years ago. ago was that i don't know i can't <laughs> like, do math how many years ago was that math i yeah, know i know like, great at so many things math is not one of math them. is not one of my favorites uh what do you call it uh, uh curriculums either anyhow so shauna and i met about i don't know whatever the math was on that so many years ago and uh What's interesting is I remember prior to meeting you in my brain, I was just in this different path of life. And I recall in my head that I was like, you know, basically asking the universe for things to align, for me to have more meaningful friendships, for me to have more purpose. And I was kind of just in this task orientation of my life of just crossing shit off the list. And even though I was kind of at the height of my career, I was feeling really unfulfilled and I, I wasn't quite sure why. And so I feel like once I started to ask the universe for that, things started opening up. Like, you know, Delina, Delina and I have known each other for a while too, but I never knew she was into Reiki and did the soul path stuff until I opened myself up, which is strange. And then somehow I met you. So Shana and I's journey began, I mean, prior to even meeting you, I think you know the story. So prior to meeting you, two years prior to meeting you, I uh, decided that I wanted to get back into dancing to some capacity, but I didn't have time because I was constantly traveling. So I put out an ad on Craigslist and I got all these weirdos basically like, you know, raising their hands like that wanted to do pole dancing and just, I don't know, that was not what I was looking for. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking that. I just wanted a combination of like hip hop, but someone who had soul and somebody who knew how to do the sexy thing. And you years. wanted to be Janet Jackson. I did. You are absolutely correct. So then, <laughs> so then a girlfriend recommended to me. She's like, "Oh my gosh, you know, there's a this there's this girl that teaches um, Beyonce classes. You've got to go." So then I figured, you know what? I'm getting bored. I'm gonna show up. So I showed up thinking I was fierce and fabulous, and I was like the loser that was way far behind. Oh my god! So I felt like I looked cute, but then I got there and I'm like, "Holy shit! These girls." 
worlds are so good. And then there you were, like little mini Beyonce, like sweet as pie, but then also fierce as fuck. And I was like, right then and there was like, I knew I wanted you to be my dance instructor, but little did I know that we would become soul sisters. And here we are today, like we've gone to Barcelona together. We have so many other countries to visit to, together, but um, it's been an amazing journey. So I'm yeah. so happy to have you in my yeah, life. Do. I mean, you know where I want to start? I want to start with, you know, MBA. I know that you were in the NBA, you were dancing for the NBA for like two seasons. And, you know, speaking of different lifetimes, I'm sure that feels like. Yeah. So two teams, four seasons. Four seasons. Um, and it does feel like a whole different life. Um, I'm a completely different person now um, than I was when I was dancing. But I know, like, I can view my take from that experience right like I wouldn't be able to balance so many things if I hadn't lived that experience because one thing that pro dance teaches you is um organization skills and time management and really just making sure that you always have your game face on because they expect you to always have your game face on so I will say while I am like light years uh, a ahead of the girl that, you know, did that part of my journey, I definitely have a lot of positive things that I've taken away from it. What would you say, like, what were the biggest challenges that you faced as an NBA dancer and how did you, how did you overcome them? Like, what did you learn in those years? Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I want to first start by saying, because I feel like anytime someone talks about their career as an NBA dancer or an NFL cheerleader, any pro sports um, sort of career, there can be a lot of backlash that comes around it. And people have a tendency to say, well, you know, like, why didn't you quit? And I quit all of this for all of these years. What I want to say is, there's a lot of people out there right now whose souls are only vibrating at the frequency that they're living at, that are tolerating a lot of different things because it's just what they know right now. Hindsight is 2020. Do I think that women shouldn't try out for NBA dance? No, I don't. I just think that they should, with all pro sports dance, be aware of what they're getting themselves into before they get started. It is a full-time commitment on a very part-time salary. You're not going to be paid like the NBA players are. Um, your time's not going to be respected like their time is. And you're going to be expected to give and give and give and show up where the organization needs you because you are an ambassador of the organization. And it's a lot less, there's a lot less involved with having a dancer show up to an event than having the star athlete show up to the event, right? Because you have to have security, you have to pay them for an appearance fee, and so on and so forth, right? So I think for myself, the hardest things for me about my NBA dance career were, A, being undervalued. Um, you watch and see how honestly monumental you are to the organization. And, you know, again, there's some people who will argue, we don't care about the dancers at all, but then those are the same people who run up to you with the calendar and ask you to sign 20 copies so they can give Christmas gifts to their aunts and uncles and cousins and everyone else. Right. So the dancers do play a very important role. You know, they're the ones 
doing most of the kissing babies and taking photos <laughs> and signing autographs, right? Like the Even if you got to hold an ugly baby. baby, just kidding. Exactly, right? Exactly, though. So even if the baby spits up on your uniform and you have to pay <laughs> to get crying baby. You know what I mean? Oh, like, God, that's awful. Like, but you know what I mean? Like, they do. They show up and they – not only do they show up at the events, they're high-level athletes. They're dancers. They're – Spending, and I can say this from experience, anywhere from 20 to 30 hours a week in rehearsals. And on top of that, they have full-time jobs. So because they're not being paid a livable wage to show up in this way. So that would probably be my first issue with it. My second issue was definitely the loss of identity. Um, you have to be what the organization wants you to be for that amount of time. And while I, I mean, I was young, I was what, um, I made my first team when I was 18. So I did it from 18 to 23. Um, so those are very young years. Anyway, you don't really know who you are yet. You're figuring it out. Right. Um, so it was easy to conform into the box that they put you in because you don't really have a sense of self yet anyway, as a woman. Um, and you're still kind of learning. So, but I think it is, it's challenging to figure out who you want to be when, you know, you're on a team and they say, you know, this is your look for the entire season. Like you see me, you, the first thing you said to me when you got on the call was, well, this is new talking about my hair. And I said, yeah, I'm a chameleon. So it's like your freedom of expression is gone. Like physically, you know, you can't do different things to the way that you look. And, you know, of course you have to maintain a certain physique because you're presenting I mean, you're, you're, you're a branding. Sex you're, you yeah. are, you are a branding tool and you are a sex symbol like that. They do use you that way. So, um, yeah, I think that was probably, and even like down to how you speak, like this conversation, if I was still dancing could not be had, like yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't speak illy of the organization or of how I feel like they undervalued their dance teams, right? I couldn't do that while I was still contracted by them. So, um, so yeah, I would say identity for sure. And then they definitely pay dancers a livable wage, you know, it's, it's the entertainment factor, like half times or not even half times. I mean, some halftime shows we did, but timeouts would be boring without the dance team. Like, it would be so boring. I can't even imagine. Um, so there's a lot of conditioning that takes place, basically. A lot 100%, of conditioning. 100%. How did you offset that? Like, you are obviously your own person. It's insane. Like, you kind of broke out of it and decided to go in a different direction. Like, at what point were you like, I, you know, I just, I don't know if I want, I can't do this anymore. I'll take a break. I'll tell you, um, I was making $600 an hour to teach a dance class on Saturdays, or I could cancel that dance class and be paid $50 an hour, like for an entire, I mean, like it just, it was a no brainer. Like it was a no brainer for me financially. Like I have all these people showing up for me. The amount of money I'm making to teach this one class on Saturday is ridiculous. And I can show up at this game and I'm sorry, not even $50 an hour, $50 a game. That's what I was making at the time. So like yearly, what does that come out to girls? We don't get a salary. It's like however many hours you work. Okay. Like, so I don't, 
It was just very freaking like a, a probably it's like very a, little one. It's very little. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's a very little amount of money. I can tell you that, but this was years ago. So I don't know, maybe they've changed things now, but inflation. So I doubt it, you know, um, yeah. but in a lot of, and honestly, this is the part that kind of makes me, it makes me sick a little bit rather like there have been some teams and mostly NFL, I will say not NBA, but there have been some NFL teams that have been involved in some really scandalous um, things regarding how they treat their dance team, how ownership and the executives kind of exploited the dance team. And rather than confront those issues head on, what they've decided to do is just nix the dance team. So now like these programs don't have dance teams anymore um the directors are left without jobs the girls are left without you know their job their part-time job and no one gives them an explanation as for why it's just well we did some shady shit that we shouldn't have done and so now you guys don't exist anymore which is crazy right like it's insane it, it just i could go on and on about that side of it all but aside of that how did i get out of the box um i saw what i was capable of on my own I think that's the biggest thing. Like I, I put it out into ether that I wanted to teach adult dance classes. Um, I had never taught adult dance classes before I had been teaching kids for like 10 years and kids are forgiving. Like kids are not, they're, they're not like adults are. Kids <laughs> they're not judgmental. Love, they're exactly. not judgmental. <laughs> you know, they want to just move their body. It doesn't matter. Like they just want to have a good time. Right. Yeah. And um, adults are not like that. I find it's so much, it's easier to teach adults than it is, or sorry, easier to teach children than it is to teach adults. I and people are that. like, are you kidding me? They're like all over the place. And I'm like, yeah, but like, if they're they know fun. you care, they're yeah. having fun, right? But yeah. and, if, and if they know you care, they definitely are going to pay attention to you. Whereas you can have some adults who come into the class and they just like will not push themselves out of your, their comfort zone. And you're just like, Okay, and you know. or they don't or they don't want to look like a dork in front of you. Like when I first started training with Shauna, I was like, oh my God, she probably thinks I'm the biggest dork ever. She doesn't know I'm cool, but I swear I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Like, and that was the thing. Like, I just wanted people to feel like I felt when I was dancing, you know? And I still want that for people when they dance because dance is such a therapy for me. And I think that was the hardest thing too. Also going back to identity. When you're on a team, you dance as a team. That's what you sign up for. You're a unit. Everyone needs to look alike. There isn't room for creative expression within the routine because you guys need to execute as a unit. And that's really powerful in itself. Um, it's so powerful to be able to dance like that with a group of sisters, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But you lack that. I, I got a different level of fulfillment. Like, I got a different level of fulfillment from creating, from dancing on my own, from performing by myself, like all these things that I wasn't getting. And then of course the, the icing on the cake was that I was making exu like exuberant amounts of money, like way more than I was making dancing. So it just was a no brainer for me that I pointed my arrow and shot it in a certain direction. And the universe was like, here we go. 
And you also, I mean, your intention behind it was very powerful. It's that's exactly what you did is you empowered women. And what I love about what you did with confidence is you launched it in an area. I hate to say, but like, it's, you know, in San Francisco, it's, you know, we're not known for like, it's not like LA or New York where everyone knows how to dance already. And so you kind of launched a studio where you're like, come one, come all, whether you're a dancer, whether you're not a dancer, you can feel like one. And it really is about the ability or about the just having fun and embracing what's inside of your body and embracing inside of your, your what's your, your light, it, you know, like, and, and being empowered by the light that's within you. And that's what was so different about your approach is it was this beautiful, it's this beautiful community where everyone encourages each other and there's no judgment of, oh my God, look at this rookie girl over here. She doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. Right. (laughs) Well, I think so supportive and it's great. I think the goal is like, like for me, the reason why I even started Confidence was that I had gone to a like professional level dance class with some friends who were not professional dancers. They were just fans, right? Of this particular instructor. And that's what social media has done. It's turned dancers into celebrities. And so people who don't dance go to class. And I'm not saying that they're like, that the instructor should dumb down what they're doing because that's not who they're there to serve as an audience. But on the flip side of that, like if you accept money from someone, you have to kind of expect that you're going to get a chalk up half and half. Half people are there to see you because they think you're extraordinary. And half the people are there to really train. But in San Francisco, especially, not everybody wants to be a professional dancer. Some people just want to dance because it feels good. And (laughs) yeah, right. Well, and, and after I was done with my, with my time, I, there is a time and place for that. Go to LA. Like if you want to train to like be a commercial dancer or an industry dancer, and you want to book videos and you want to book jobs and you want to do go to LA. That is the Mecca of it. Go to Atlanta. That's another Mecca for it. So it's like, go there. But San Francisco is not the place that you're going to just like be booked and have this like crazy career where you dance behind all these artists. It's not what it's for. And so I needed to look at my demographic and see like, okay, I've got a lot of women who are single, who are very career driven and successful who want to feel as confident in their everyday life as they feel in a boardroom meeting or as they feel for you leading a seminar, right? I wanted that for women when they walk outside of the dance studio and into the dance studio. And that's really what the essence of confidence was all about, was giving that to women, using dance as a catalyst to confidence. You know, what's funny is that um, I told Shauna the story years ago that there was a guy that asked me to crawl to bed and I was like, what? You want me to do what? And I like, literally, I was like naked on the floor and I'm like, I'm just going to like quickly run up and <laughs> just get in bed. And I was like, he wants me to do what? But I have to say, thanks to Shauna, I can crawl my ass off. You can I crawl can your crawl, ass off. I can head roll. I can do all the things. <laughs> But well, it's funny because I put that in my class. I don't know if you know that. Like that is a standing part of every class, the crawling. <laughs> and we've just started doing it in Oklahoma. And Tisha, it's so funny. She just posted something on the workshop page the other day and was like, uh, if you know, you know, the crawl. And I was like, 
she would love this because yes, you are the inspiration behind that part of my class. So now you'll be able to crawl, even though a man doesn't ask you to crawl, you're going to do it anyways. You're just going to do it. Exactly. Exactly. I love that so much, but you know, here's, what's really cool. It's cool to actually, you know, see your journey. So nowadays you are, you have this infusion of classes. So you do these, these really, really long dance workshops, but you infuse intention into there. There's like crystals that are involved. Like let can we talk about your transition into the world of yeah. crystals and how that began <laughs> how you're yeah, bringing it all together. It gives me chills. Like right now it makes me so happy to, 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 to talk about even. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Like <laughs> I, I was going to say crazy and wild, which was wild, but wild. It is. It's, very, it's, it's wild. <laughs> um, it's okay. So I met Delina through you yeah. and okay. So we'll like rewind. So around the time that I met you, I, I think confidence had been open for two years at that point. And yeah, it had. And I was starting to really think deep into like personal development. For the first time ever, I was on my own, on my own in San Francisco. Um, I wasn't living with my stepdad anymore. And I really like I had signed my first lease on an apartment and I was like, okay, you're 100% responsible for yourself now. So we need to make sure that we're always good. And my way to do that was through personal development. And so I, you know, I was doing my affirmations and I was really big into numerology. And then I really kind of dove into the rabbit hole of energy and I wanted to get a Reiki session. Well, I just kind of yelped some people and I went to this woman and I felt like she put something on me. Like when I left that session, I was like riddled with fear. And I felt like I didn't want to be out in the world. And I was like, who is this? This is not me. This is crazy. And I had remembered you talking about Selena and your experience with Selena. And I was like, Twee, I need you to give me that girl's number because I need her to fix this problem. And so I went and saw Delina and I felt amazing after and I was like, huh, okay, well, I'm going to start getting these sessions all the time. So I started seeing her once a month and then our relationship grew and I asked her as I kind of started on my journey, I was like, Hey, I really want to learn more about this. Can I like learn from you? Will you be my teacher? And she was like, yeah. And so we started meeting up every Wednesday and she would teach me spiritual development. And so I think, I think shortly before that, though, I had this crazy dream. I don't know if I ever told you about the dream. Did I tell you about the dream? Go for it. Tell okay. Me. So I, my grandfather here used to own, um, him and his, his brother, my uncle, owned a rock shop. It was a glass shop. But it was like landscaping rocks, right? But rocks are rocks. Like I know that at this point. And so they had like glass. They had different minerals, but it was primarily used for landscaping. And I, I kind of remember going to that shop when I was really small, but not really. Um, and then my, like, my grandfather also made like dream catchers and like Native American art and different things like that. And I was like, I never got to have a relationship with him because he passed when I was like five, but we would have like probably been really close because simpatico, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's the thing is like, 
so much of it is in my DNA, but I didn't even realize, right? So anyway, I'm having, you know, I'm having this dream and in this dream, it is myself and Amethyst, you know, Amethyst, the person, but her name is Amethyst, which (laughs) if you know anything about stones, um, Amethyst is a stone that wards off negativity and puts calmness into your life and um, is used for protection, especially during travel. So Amethyst in the stream was my sister. And we had been left an inheritance by my grandfather. And he said, if you find this inheritance, you'll be wealthy for the rest of your life. And I was like, bet, like I'll find this inheritance. So in this dream, I'm like, it's Wild West themed. I don't know if that is because we were in California. I'm not really sure. Um, But I have, you know, like one of those big dresses, like a bonnet, you know, like a dress. (laughs) Okay, you'd be so cute in one. And I'm like (laughs) running through, you know, I don't know, the Wild West and I've got Amethyst with me and she's my younger sister. So I'm like making sure she's good. But really, she's making sure I'm good. Right. And I get to the end of the dream and we're in a saloon and there's this giant thing and it's wrapped in brown butcher paper. And I run up to it and I rip the butcher paper off and it's just this slab of teal rock. And I'm like, weird, fine. So I wake up and I, I mean, if the dream felt very real, I wake up, I grab my phone, I Google a uh, teal slab of rock. And the first thing to pop up is amazonite. And amazonite is this stone that is like, it's like a greenish blue, like teal, but it's not super teal. It's more like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like um, faded a little bit, it's right? Like a mint green-ish kind Thank of? you. Okay, yes. like a foggy mint green. Okay. Yes. And it, what I saw in my dream was the raw version. And so I was like, I've seen this. Like, this is exactly what I saw. So I start reading about Amazonite. And it's a stone that um, helps you to speak your most authentic truths and, you know, align yourself to the highest and most authentic version of yourself through your words and through your actions. Um, it's a stone for female or all, I'm sorry, all business merchants. It protects them from false practices. Um, and I mean, there were just a million other things that that stone helped with that was very resonant in my life at, at that moment. But I think the most resonant thing was being able to foster the ability to take both of my worlds and put them together. So I still have my dance business. I still have my clients. And then on the other side, I'm learning from Delina now, and I want to be able to infuse them together. And I don't want people to think that I'm crazy. Like I want to be able to teach people personal development and numerology and teach them about energy and teach them about crystals and all of this. And so the Amazonite for me was really the catalyst to being able to do that. I wore that stone until it fell off my neck. And then I ordered another one and then it fell off my neck because your crystals leave you when they're done with you. So once mm-hmm. I learned that lesson, she left. And then um, after that, I dreamt of Opal. So I just started dreaming of them. That's really, they, they just started coming to me in dreams. And um, Opal, I dreamt of right before I started working with Selena. And that stone is for um, a myriad of things. But one of the biggest ones was spiritual protection during esoteric works. And I was starting to get into Reiki and crystal healing. And I needed that. And also for myself, you know, um, when you start to kind of dive into this world, some woo-woo stuff can happen. Um, 
And so, yeah, I needed the protection. So that's really it. That's how the two cross paths. And over time, I have been able to, it's funny, I I have a a very close but new group of girlfriends here in Oklahoma. And on Sundays, we meditate. That's what we do. They come over, we chill for a minute, vibe out to some music, have dinner, and then we meditate. And I remember one night I had this like very intense meditation with, you know, visions and all sorts of stuff. And I was telling them about it and I looked at them after and they were all kind of like awestruck, <laughs> like what the fuck is she talking about? And I was like, yeah, if you guys didn't think I was weird before this, you probably definitely think I'm weird now. And you know what? I can't even care. And I was <laughs> like, it just came out of my body, but I mean that so much. Like I really can't care what other people think about me because it takes away from my journey. I've got you know, two more questions for you. So, you know, can you give us kind of like a cliff notes of someone that's like new to crystals and they don't really understand the relation of how it can, how you can actually sync with the crystal or what have you. Can you give us like a quick little snapshot or kind of like a cliff notes version of, of, of how we connect, how we can connect? Heck yeah. So um, crystals are um, pieces of earth's geological crust um or their space rocks meteor fall off glass impact glass there's all sorts of different kinds of crystals is an overarching term there's stones there's um you have tectites which are like your space rocks you have um just raw minerals which are rocks and then you have crystals so it's all there's actually seven different types of crystalline structures but we won't go through that today So um, crystals is an overarching term, but basically if you can think about yourself as 60 to 80% water Mm -hmm. and the rest, we don't really know, but I like to think stardust or earth matter. And then we have these, we have our own electromagnetic frequency. We like science can say humans have their own energetic force field. Science can also say that minerals have their own energetic force field. And they first started studies on this during the 18th century. Um, There was a man, he was a physicist. His name's Pierre Curie. His wife was Marie Curie. I think more people have probably heard of Marie than Pierre, but Pierre was great nonetheless. Um, And what he found was that quartz crystals had their own electromagnetic frequency um, called the piezoelectromagnetic current. And now... Fast forward to what, two centuries later, um, we use quartz crystals in all of our electronics, pretty much. Your watches, your phones, your laptop, everything has quartz crystals in it. It's an amplifier of energy, so it amplifies the um, battery life of that device. And the battery typically needs the quartz crystal or the screen or something in your phone needs the quartz crystal to function. Interesting. Um, So that was like the first study that we did. And then we started doing other studies. And we found, you know, shungite purifies water. Um, They just put some shungite into some water and boom, it was pure. You know, it's like they started doing all of these studies on all of these different minerals and have found different things. Um, Smoky quartz protects against EMF um, waves. So electromagnetic frequency waves that might come into your space um, or that you might encounter in your own auric field through use of your cell phone or iPad or laptop. Um, And these are things that can cause radiation poisoning and all sorts of stuff, right? We can use mother earth minerals and protect ourselves from these things. And so 
really that has been my biggest takeaway in trying to explain it to people. Um, you have to let go of your perception about what people are going to think about you. I think that hinders people in so many areas of their life, but Agreed. if someone thinks you're crazy because you carry around rocks, whatever, you don't know what that person does in the privacy of their own home. And there's probably something that you would think they were crazy for. So carry your rocks. Like if it makes you feel better. Um, and in my experience, it has changed my entire life. I've shifted career paths because of my energetic connection to my crystals and my stones. Um, if it makes you feel good, you know, rocket, like no pun intended, but literally rocket, like it all puns intended. It, um, You're so funny. If it, you know, if it makes you feel good, like you have to do what makes you feel good. So if you can think about their energetic signature, interacting with your energetic signature, and that being where the healing ensues, at a very base minimum, if you use them in your life as totems of intention. So Ooh, that's beautiful. Have, isn't that beautiful? Yes, totems I like of that. intention. So if you know, like I think most people know at this point, rose quartz is the, a stone that connects to self-love and unconditional love. If you are someone who struggles with that, carrying rose quartz in your pocket in a place where you have to get in your pocket all the time to pull out your wallet or pull out your keys or whatever it is, and you're constantly feeling that rose quartz, or maybe you have it on your desk at work and you see it all the time, it's a totem of intention that says to you, remember to love yourself, remember to radiate love towards people, right? Yeah. So I, I think for people who have a hard time wrapping their heads around the um, metaphysical idea of connecting to crystals and rocks can look at it from a personal perspective, a personal development perspective and using them as intention totems. But I'm telling you when you give yourself over to them, some crazy energetic shifts will happen. I can imagine it. So it's not just a placebo effect by you just carrying no. a crystal. Yeah. No, but it's a, I would say it's, it leads you just to so many other things. So it's, it could be like the start of a self-development, uh, you know, people can start wherever they, they feel like they need to start. Right. So this would be a great place to start. It's like, just start period. Like, what would you, and you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, most people might look at you and be like, Oh my, how old are you turning now? I can't remember. You're like turning. I'll be 29 this year. You'll be 29 this year. It blows my mind. And I know you, you have friends that are 60 and 50 and what have you. And they're like, Shauna's like a super old soul. And you've lived <laughs> a lot of many, many different lives. Um, and you know what I love about you is I, I always say this, is that you could have chosen this, you know, I feel like a lot of NBA dancers or what have you, they, they, they choose the route that feels a lot easier where it's like after their NBA career, they might end up marrying like an NFL player or like an NBA player. And then later on, they're like, okay, they've given so much control to this other person where they haven't really built anything yourself. So everything that you've become today, you have built everything, which I admire and I respect so much. And, you know, do you, is there anything you feel like you had to unlearn in order to, for you to be this, this woman that's so accomplished today and you've got you pipe dreams and you, you have definitely new projects on the works, but yeah. Is there anything you had to unteach yourself? <laughs> like everything. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I always tell, I always tell my clients that our greatest gift in adulthood is that we have the opportunity to reparent ourselves. Yeah. 
And so that's not to say my parents didn't do an exceptional no, job. They let me do everything in the world that I ever wanted to do. And I know I am like so blessed to have parents that didn't try to conform me into this like box of what they thought I should do. Um, however, all parents make mistakes, right? Yeah. And aside of your parents, even the outside world is conditioning you. The, from the second you step into the schoolyard, you're being yeah. conditioned by your teachers, you're being conditioned by the other students and how their parents are parenting you. And so, you know, for myself, I grew up in literally the Bible Belt of more Oklahoma, you know, population 30,000 at the time that I lived here. And I, I'm here now, but I'm here in my fullest expression. I felt like before I had to hide. You know, I, I wanted to be as blended as possible. I didn't want anybody to see me. Well, here I am walking down the street with dreadlocks. Everybody sees me like I'm not hiding anymore. And so I really do think you have to, you definitely have to reparent yourself. Give yourself the things that you felt like you didn't get when you were a kid, right? Um, look at, you know, the activities that you wanted to do. Look at the things that you wanted to try. Maybe, I know for me, the biggest thing was travel. Um, seeing the world shaped the way that I see other people so profoundly. Um, but I didn't get to travel when I was a kid. We didn't have money to travel when I was a kid. And if we were traveling, it was so I could go to a dance competition. Like it wasn't, it was never just for leisure and going outside of the country and, you know, experiencing different cultures. That wasn't a thing. So look at where you feel like you kind of got the short end of the stick when you were a kid and reparent yourself give it to yourself in adulthood there's no reason why as an adult you should still be living with the same programming that you lived with as a child you have to elevate beyond a victim's mentality because yes those things happen to you and they'll never go away but as long as you let them continue to limit you you're still a captive you're absolutely a captive it's insane it's uh letting yourself evolve but i think the first part is accountability and knowing that we can change, but slowing down. And, you know, I think it, it's interesting to me how people don't slow down these days to look at where their thoughts are going, where their intentions are going and whether they're, they're just living based on automation. Like a majority right. of us just wake up and you're on like autopilot and you don't even realize that, you know, suddenly the days pass, suddenly years have passed and you're like, holy shit, what did I actually do for myself? So I think that's such great piece of advice is to, to parent yourself again, is to, and find your way back home, find your way back exactly. home to, find your, your way back. to your soul, to your inner child, to your inner queen. And I admire the fact, you know, I will always say too, that you, you know, some people could be like, she moved back home to Oklahoma, but that's what's, that's what I love about you is that you have never really sold out. You know what your truths are. You know what makes you happy. You know where the connecting piece is and it's like family back home, but you're still traveling the freaking world. It doesn't even matter. And yeah. then you set up this incredible crystal shop and you're kind of bringing education to, you know, this cool part of Oklahoma, but you're making it accessible. And, and it's, it's great. It's kind of like you have this really great, well-rounded approach where it's like you're, you've, you're bringing into the market something that they maybe were searching for and then suddenly there it is and you know you're providing light to the world it's yeah i feel really like cool. 
San Francisco doesn't need another crystal store. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We've got plenty. LA has plenty. And so it's funny because if you would have asked me when I left, when I was 20, would I ever come back to Oklahoma? I would have said no, absolutely not. Not in a million years. But there was a piece of me that wanted to escape this place. So being able to come back and be at peace here, that's the gift. Like that's the evolution of my soul. Staying in California for me would have been selling out. You know what I mean? It would have been, okay, this is easy. I have clients all the time. I can continue to work these 12 hour days and make great money, but is my soul fulfilled? No. Am I close to my family? No. Am I giving anything to the people here that they can't already get? There's a million dance classes in San Francisco now. When I started, I mean, there were two. Like, there were two heels classes in 2015 when I started. And Yours now is different, though. But there's so many. I, like, I hear you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, not, it's not like it was, you know? It's not that I'm, I'm not giving a demographic something that they can't get elsewhere anymore. Whereas here I am. You know, there, there isn't a ton of education. There are other crystal stores, but there's not a lot of people who can tell people exactly what to do. And on top of that, I think there's not a lot of crystal stores that are just geared towards crystals. Like I don't, I, I do a lot personally, but I don't, I don't put tarot decks or Oracle decks or, you know, I have pendulums, but they're for use in energy reading. And I don't have, you know, dark art stuff in my store. I don't do that because I want people to learn about crystals, read about crystals, get comfortable with crystals, 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 crystals. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you want them to dream about you're crystals. here for a purpose and the purpose is crystals. Exactly. People call me and they're like, do you guys sell tarot decks? I'm like, we absolutely do not. Like we don't sell anything that doesn't have to do with crystals. And it's been so awesome to like be here and be that for them. You know, it's pretty awesome that you're able to infuse the dance space into this area too. So it's like every, it's dance, it's crystal handling, it's learning about crystals. I mean, who wouldn't be for that? <laughs> yeah, it's like good I'm energy, like, good I, vibes. I dance all in the space, around. But, but nobody else oh, really oh. does. But people I might will. walk past and me. I'm just like busting in the face, you know? <laughs> hey, me. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, you do can come dance in the space? You do you do your some dance workshops there now? Yeah, but I don't do okay. them at Cosmic. So that's a whole different business um that actually will be opening its own location this year, which I'm really excited about. But um yeah, it's called the workshop. Um and we do workshops and um it that's where I do all my dance stuff. But they don't really we do classes at Cosmic, but they're really centered around like energetic wellness and teaching people about crystals and energy and healing as opposed to the dancing. The studio's in here so that I can bust a move. And you know what? Shauna makes a public appearance every so often in San Francisco. <laughs> so she does these, you know, these workshops. What to how many hours? And tell us a little bit about these oh, workshops. Yeah, so the spaces are very limited, FYI. I mean, they fill up like in, in two seconds. So as soon as she launches them on her <laughs> Instagram page, you need to hop on or like try to book her for a private or something. But anyway, so if you could tell the audience or tell everyone, tell us about uh, these um, these workshops, these dance workshops. Oh yeah. So camera ready confidence is the evolution of confidence so when COVID started I 
close confidence, but I, it was a temporary closure. And we tried the virtual thing, but it virtual did not feed my soul. Like it, there's nothing about a virtual class that makes me feel excited to teach. Um, unless it's an energetic virtual class. I feel like I can teach about energy virtually all day, but dance classes online, not the same. Not the same. Um, yeah. It's not the same. So you guys know how San Francisco was. Um, if you live there, it was open and closed and open and closed and open and closed. And I was in a position where I was opening this store and I didn't have any intentions of closing confidence, but the magnitude of time that this project took to nurture, it was like, I forgot what it felt like to start a business from scratch and just the universe clearly guided me. You have to close one door in order for this other one to really open and flourish. And so I just felt it in my soul. I was like, you know, San Francisco's opening back up, but I don't feel like they're going to stay open. And I think it's best if we just close the physical location, right? Confidence doesn't have to die, just has to evolve into something else. And so I made that decision and I'm so glad I did because San Francisco wound up closing down again. Yeah. And I feel for all the studio owners out there, I mean, some people, like a lot of people didn't survive it. A lot of people moved out of the city. A lot of businesses won't reopen. And it's really sad. Um, for myself, I decided that it was easier to hightail myself out there quarterly and do camera ready as a camp. So it's a three day intentional adult dance camp that circumvents around a theme. So um, one theme that we just did was um, manifestation. So like how to manifest, how to manifest your highest expression, and then how to manifest the things that you want in your life. And so everything circumvented around that theme from, you know, the intention setting circle to the choreography that they learned for the first routine to the yoga class that we did that night and the meditation that we closed with. It was a visualization for manifesting like the goddess within you. And then the next day, you know, we start over and we do it again. And every day has these like beautiful um, energy pieces, intentional workshops encompassed with the dance component. Um, and then there's media. So Neil comes in and he does photo shoots and he does video and he's capturing the entire weekend. So then you have that to hold on to as a memory and a totem as well. So um, yeah, that's what confidence has evolved into with camera ready confidence. So really just teaching people how to be comfortable in any environment on camera. And it's uh, an emotional journey. You've made women cry in these, <laughs> in your workshops, which is beautiful. And they cry in such a beautiful way where, you know, they really do get to discover themselves. And we appreciate you for bringing light and love into the world. Just know you are going to be a regular guest here because I'm sure everyone who's listening in is like, I want to know more about crystals. <laughs> I want to know more about intentions. I want to know more about manifestation. I know that you've got to open up your shop soon. And so I just want to say, I thank you. I love you. And I can't wait to continue to share you with the world. Uh, for those of you listening listening in and you're interested in more information regarding like crystals and dance and all that good stuff, all that good jazz, go ahead and follow Shauna at Cosmically Shauna at Instagram. And your website is? It's CosmicFloraCrystals.com. 
So cosmic, like, you know, the moon and stars, flora, like plants, F-L-O-R-A, and then crystals.com. Fantastic. My friend, thank you so much. I love you so much. Uh, Thank you, sister. Yeah. I love you. I love you. I love you. No, I love you. No, I love you. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Raw Raw and Shauna signing off. Uh, You can reach me for more information to reach me at the at info at the raw raw dot net. And you can find me at the raw raw on Instagram as well. We just want to say we love you. We thank you so much. Together, we can transcend any beauty trend with the light and love we give. So, mwah.